I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier. We're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass, busted draft pick, and game-changing play. Or play call. Intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Sorry, Marshawn, still too soon. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow and listen to Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. I mean, the possibilities are limitless, Kevin. What if Portland drafted Michael Jordan? What if the NBA never vetoed the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers? That's a butterfly effect for real. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The following is a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball. Baseball season is finally here. Back in the deep right center field. Lorenzo King. Got you covered with the best in the business. Deep down the left field line, it's gone. Manny Machado breaks it open with a three-run shot. With veteran play-by-play voice Josh Lewin. A slam ball game. And MLB insider John Heyman. His numbers would look so much better if there weren't guys compiling 600 home runs. Each week will feature a comprehensive look at Major League Baseball, the biggest stories, and a breakdown of the divisions leading up to the 2019 championship race. It's all right here on Radio.com Sports Big Time Baseball. Brought to you by the 2019 Mercedes-Benz A-Class. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball. Brought to you by the 2019 Mercedes-Benz A-Class. Alongside highly respected baseball insider John Heyman. I'm Josh Lewin. Not nearly as respected, but here I am. Uh, John has been covering Major League Baseball for the past four decades. He started on the Yankees beat with Newsday, now an insider for MLB Network, and in Chicago and in New York. Every week, we're going to be bringing you insight into the top storylines across the big leagues, including a rundown of the happenings in each division. All of our episodes will include a chat with some of the best baseball voices in the country. We've got Phillies TV analyst Ben Davis for you today. Mariners TV play-by-play voice Dave Sims. Big Time Baseball, a part of Radio.com. You might know this. It allows you to listen to your favorite radio stations free of charge anytime, anywhere. Listen to over 300 stations, over 1,100 podcasts. You can explore by location or genre to find whatever you like all across the country. So, John, a busy Busy podcast. Let's get right to it, if you don't mind. Uh, here we are kind of cannonballing into the pool here. This season's been a surprise. Uh, we're past the, the one-week wonders now. The Mariners coming back down to earth a little. The Rays have started well. The Padres are the darlings of the NL West. Who has your attention the most right now? 
Well, I, to me, it's still the Mariners. I, I'm shocked by what they've done. I, I really thought they would be terrible. Not that my predictions are any good, because they are mm-hmm. not, but uh, I did not see them as anywhere near even 500, and they're not. But they're on the other side of 500. They have been absolutely fantastic. I know the Astros, who I think everybody expected to win that division, including myself, and I expect them to win the league, uh, did sweep them. But the Mariners still... Uh, have a pretty good record, and that, to me, is the biggest shock in baseball. People could talk about the Rays, but you know what? The Rays won 90 games last year. Sure, it's a surprise there are so many games in front, and surprise the Yankees and Red Sox have not performed to date, but uh, to me, the Rays are a good team, and we should have known that. I should have known that. I did not. And, uh, you know, the Padres, nice job by them. They improved a lot, and it's a nice story. Uh, I'm not going to call them a major surprise. To me, me it's Seattle. What, what do you, what do you think there? Yeah, I mean the the fact that Tampa Bay's pitching is what it is, I think, is a surprise. I know they already had a Cy Young Award winner, obviously, in Blake Snell. They had Charlie Morton, uh, Tyler Glasnow, and and Yanni Chirinos had started out five and 0.6. and uh, I think Chirinos really benefited last year from that whole opener concept, just kind of adapting to the big leagues as a guy who would handle the middle innings, and now he's in the more conventional role, and, and really Tampa Bay hasn't had to utilize that opener uh, much at all. And they've scored a lot more than I thought they would. They've scored early in games. I think it was 10 of the first 14 games this year. They had at least one run in the first inning, which is a nice way to get going. So I think that's a team with some staying power. And, uh, yeah, kind of on opposite sides of the map here, uh, Tampa Bay and San Diego, which would be a, a not exactly a ratings bonanza, I don't think, if that's your World Series, but <laughs> what what an interesting thing to think about, that the two teams that everybody kind of figured would just to, to figure out how to, to keep above water this year, you know, Tampa Bay because of financial concerns, San Diego, uh, and all of a sudden, it, it's, you know, it's not five days into the season anymore. These are two teams that look like they could actually be legit. Yeah, Tampa is legit. I don't think there's any question about that. I should have learned my lesson. I never have them. I never think they're going to be a playoff team. And look at them now. They've been the best team in baseball Uh, through the first few weeks and uh, give them credit. They do a terrific job with the uh, payroll that they have, with the revenues that they do have. They they draft and develop very well, Uh, probably the best of all the American League teams. And they make great trades. That Archer trade uh, was a great one to get Meadows and Glass now. And, uh, you know, I don't we probably shouldn't be that surprised. But as I said, uh, I am surprised that they're this far in front. The Red Sox and the Yankees certainly are some early surprises on the other side of the ledger. Yeah, we need to talk about them. I, I said on, on the Red Sox broadcast the other day, it, to me, the Yankees, it's like all of a sudden their mascot, if they ever had one, should be Kenny from South Park. Because, you know, I mean, everybody's getting hurt, completely getting blown up here. I mean, very important players. And, and they're still just kind of... Uh, Treading water, I think, is a nice way to say it. When they get healthy, I'm, th- I'm sure they'll be fine. For the Red Sox, the, the health really hasn't been the thing. It's been the slow starts from the rotation. And, and I'm curious, John, because I want to put this out to you, and, and you tell me if, if I've got this right. You look at the history, and you wonder, why don't teams repeat as World Series champions? And there's always this thought that, well, the pitching just did a lot of heavy lifting. They, they you know, played for an extra month. They're tired. So let's not roll right out with them in April at full speed. Let's kind of ramp it down, do a slow open. And, and, and I like that idea in theory, but it just seems like they moved the pendulum way too far because, you know, Chris Sale didn't throw a pitch in, in a spring training game till March 16th, and here he comes out. He's 0-3 with an ERA of 9 to start his year. 
So my, my take the whole time has been, I like the idea, I get it, but it's almost like they went too far with it. Yeah, no, I think that's a good idea. I mean, there's a lot of elements to consider when you win a World Series, particularly in the manner that they did. I mean, they did everything right, 119 wins. I, I think there's a psychological element as well as a physical element to all of this, and there is a hangover. And I know, of course, Alex Cora will always say the right thing. He's kind of a savant that way, and he poo-pooed it and made fun of it and, and said that a hangover is just when you drink too much. But I, I do think it is very difficult to repeat. It shows you how special those Yankee teams were, 98, 99, 2000, able to repeat there twice uh, and win four out of five, actually. Uh, really incredible. It is not easy physically, psychologically, any other way. On paper, they have a dynamic team. Uh, they should be playing much better. Uh, sales come out and said, I've never thrown the ball like this. I have full faith in him and that he's going to be fine eventually. Uh, it may be what they tried didn't work. Um, I think what they tried made sense. Uh, I can see why they would do it. Uh, you certainly want to protect your players, particularly the pitchers. We have so much invested in. And uh, I, I think it was a great idea, and, and, and perhaps it just didn't work. I, I still believe the Red Sox will be right there in the end. The Yankees, you know, they got to get healthy. I mean, they're a disaster right now. First, This is the second time in 100 years that they have lost their first three series at home. And, you know, some of that is the injuries. A lot of that probably is. you got 12 guys on the injured list. Um, so, uh, And they're not just, you know, uh, regular old guys. Some of them are, very, are big stars. Uh, so uh, that's been a big problem for them. But they just have not played well either. So I'm, I'm actually more concerned about the Yankees and the Red Sox at this point. They, they are injured. Uh, they've got guys coming, starting to come back and some promising thoughts about some of these guys. But... Uh, uh, you know, they better get back soon because if they don't get back too soon, they, they may be in trouble. He's John Heyman. I'm Josh Lewin. This is Big Time Baseball presented by Radio.com Sports. So uh, another team like that that's out sloppy and slowly is the Cubs. You, Darvish, very inconsistent. Where do you stand on the Cubs right now? Yeah, I'm concerned about you, Darvish. Um, I didn't get that signing. I think the guy is a terrific guy, fantastic person incredible tweeter. I don't say that easily. As a, as a sports writer, I'm pretty critical of the ballplayer tweets, but uh, Darvish is really good in two languages, although I can't read one of the languages, but I'm assuming English, he's good right. in the other one. And, uh, you know, Noah Syndergaard is the other guy who's fantastic at tweeting. In terms of his pitching, I, I'm concerned. I, I, I frankly didn't understand teams uh, going crazy for him off of that World Series that he had. I know that there was that ready-made uh, excuse, and he didn't use it, but other people said that uh, he was tipping his pitches. But, um, you know, he was not good in the World Series. So, frankly, I didn't understand why the Dodgers were involved at all. Um, but they were, and that's a sign that how much they liked him and felt that he was going to be fine. And he certainly has great stuff, and I think that's why teams were willing to go five, six years for him. The Cubs weren't the only ones by far, but... Uh, I just question uh, whether he's going to be uh, as successful a pitcher as he's been in the past. Uh, this has been going on. I know people are saying you're more worried about Sale or Darvish. Well, Sale's had uh, three bad games. I'm not that worried about Sale. Darvish, this has been going on since the World Series. Uh, he was good in the playoffs before that, so he had that to go, go on. He was good in the regular season before that, but he has not been great against the great teams. I think that was an issue. He's not been great in big moments. Even I can recall a game at Miami where, you know, it may not have been a huge game for Texas, but it was for him where he was on the trade block and Texas was under a lot of pressure to do something and make a move. 
And uh, they were still kind of not saying publicly whether they were going to trade him, but people figured that they probably would. And he, he went out there and gave up, I think it was close to 10 runs, if not 10 runs against Miami. And again, they said uh, he was tipping his pitches, you know, uh, and it would be corrected. But uh, to me, uh, he's had too many bad moments in, in big spots. So I, I'd be concerned about Darvish, and that's a big, big thing for the Cubs. And particularly since their uh, bullpen is a is a major issue without Morrow, uh, particularly. Uh, they've yeah, been a little time. bit better lately, but uh, pretty weak overall. So I, I think there are a lot of questions about the Cubs. Let me swing you from NL Central to AL Central. The Indians have gotten great pitching right away. And, you know, we we're just talking about how the Red Sox and, and all of their veteran guys have stumbled out of the gate. Everybody stuck the landing, it seemed like, for the Indians. Tigers had a nice start, a mirage. We all get that. What about the Twins? I think you and I talked about this last time a little bit. Is everybody sleeping on the Twins? Because all of a sudden, it's like not the Brad Radke soft-tossing Twins that we all grew up with. I mean, they got some heat coming off of that mound, and obviously they've beefed up the lineup, too. Yeah, I'm not sleeping on the Twins. In fact, I, I picked the Twins. Uh, the Indians obviously have great starting pitching, and uh, you know they've had they've had a moment or two that were dead to the downside uh, early in terms of even the pitching. But um, you know, if you look at the rotations, uh, you might say, well, the Twins have Berrios, and okay, he could make the Indians rotation, but not any of the other guys in the Twins rotation. So it's such an advantage that the Indians have over the Twins in terms of their rotations, but uh, you know, the, I think that the other pitchers, they, the Twins throw out there, Gibson and Odorisi, uh, they're solid. They're solid guys, and I think they're going to be good enough because uh, the Twins lineup is outstanding. Uh, they hit like crazy in spring training. They have uh, fantastic talent. I think uh, they're going to score a lot of runs. If Buxton does what we expect him to do at some point this year, um, they they could be quite dynamic. So I, I, I will not be surprised at all if the, if the Twins do win that division. Another upper Midwest team we should probably talk about. It's funny, we were joking about how, you know, like a, a Tampa Bay-San Diego World Series would, would just completely cheese off all the executives at Fox. Uh, a Minnesota-Milwaukee one probably would do the same thing. But Milwaukee, with a little bit of a tweak to, to the pitching, uh, you, you wonder, I mean, if, if Keuchel is an option there or Kimbrell's an option there, uh, are they that close? If they add one piece like that, do you think Milwaukee takes that division and, and does something special this year? By the way, I like your use of the word cheese off there. That was very good with the transition to uh, to Wisconsin and Milwaukee. Oh, and you know what? I didn't even mean to do that. I was just trying not to say the other off. <laughs> it fit there, nicely, yeah. though. I think you were, you were you. thinking along those lines. Good job. So, uh, you know, they have Hader right now, who's the dyna- most dynamic pitcher probably in baseball, certainly the most dynamic reliever. Uh, they, they came within a game of making it to the World Series last year, and they're really good. I've, obviously, they'll miss Canable. Jeffress has been hurting. Um they miss them, but I think their lineup is dynamic, even more so than the Twins' lineup. So I, I, I kind of like Milwaukee in that division. I, I think they're going to win that division. St. Louis is obviously a good team. Cubs, if they can get their their bullpen straightened out, they should be pretty good. Um, you know, and Pittsburgh and Cincinnati aren't terrible. So that that's a tough division. But I, I kind of, I kind of go in that upper Midwest and go with Milwaukee. Um, what, what do you think? You, you kind of agree with me on that one? Yeah, you, I, no, you? I kind of do. I, I mean, I, I thought Milwaukee probably should have beaten the Dodgers last year in mm-hmm. October anyway. Yeah. You know, they were that close. And, and and real quick on the Dodgers. I mean, obviously, when their lineup is healthy, 
that's sick what, what, what they're able to do. I mean, they, they had a series pretty recently in Denver where it was just like, okay, guys, come on, you know, uncle, <laughs> that's enough. But the, uh, here's another situation where you've got a team with a lot of talent, but the, the rotation's a bit inconsistent. You don't always know what you're getting out of the bullpen. Don't even recognize Jansen now. He's lost so much weight. But, uh, you know, the, the Dodgers, a, a team that everybody thinks could be there again, uh, I don't know what to think of them, just I guess because it's early right now, John, but am I wrong in, in looking at their assemblage and thinking, boy, they, they did it last year, why can't they do it this year? Yeah, I mean, I can understand why there's concern about the Dodgers. Uh, they, they haven't played as well uh, in the second week, certainly as they did in the first week, but I, you know, maybe it's me. I've picked them to win 15 out of the last 16 years, and of course I've been <laughs> wrong all of those years, um, but <laughs> I, I do think... Uh, that lineup is fantastic. Uh, Kike, uh, you know, adding to it, he's he's been great. You've got Seager, who's gonna, you know, he's come back from the injury. Uh, Turner, um, you know, Bellinger, uh, they just keep coming at you. They've got a great, great team, and and I think healthy that that rotation is excellent too. Uh, now, Ryu has had trouble with injuries. Urias, young guys, had some trouble with injuries. But uh, those guys healthy are great, and they do have depth. I mean, once you get Bueller going, you've got, obviously, Kershaw, who's got some injury problems over the last few years, the best pitcher in the game for years, and still really good. Um, you know, I, I still think they're going to do it. That division is overall not that strong. Hats off to San Diego for its start, but... Rockies are struggling mightily. Talking about surprises, to think that they yeah. would get off to this start. Who would have thought that? But I, I'm still on the Dodgers. I still think they'll win that division and um, going away. So we're going to have Ben Davis on in just a moment to help us break down the NL East. But let's kind of get that rolling, talking about what is a, a top-heavy division with with four absolute teams that can get this done. I mean, Miami's the, the outlier there, but uh, the Mets... The Phillies, the Braves, th- those are the teams, I guess, that you look at first. But then you remember, well, wait a minute. Washington's been at the top of that division or near it. Seems like every year this decade, Corbin comes in and uh, there's a lot of other things that they've added. Rendon is in a contract year and is off to a great start. So is Washington suddenly kind of the, the horse whose nose goes just a little bit in front of everybody else's? Or is it just is it such a four-horse horse race we just don't know? Yeah, I think we just don't know. I mean, I, I always make my predictions at the beginning, and I try to stick with them, and there's no reason not to. At this point, I, I kind of like the Phillies first, Mets second, but uh, all four teams are excellent. A good case can be made for all of them, I think. I think you're right about Washington. A lot of good things to be said there. Uh, they get that bullpen straightened out. They'll be really good because they have that obvious weakness there, and the bullpen is something that you can straighten out on the fly, I would think, more so than a rotation, which is excellent. So... Uh, you know, any of those four teams could win. The Braves won last year. Then they did very little other than bring in Josh Donaldson, who's off to a rough start. Um, and, of course, they got the extensions done with their, their young stars, Acuna and Albies. But uh, uh, they, I thought, had an opportunity to capitalize and really take hold and make themselves a juggernaut, and they just did not spend at all. And yeah. I think they gave that opening to the Phillies. And Philadelphia, what a winter they had. My God, I, st- I still can't get over to import three All-Stars, including a Harper who's really energized the city. And, I mean, I had to go with the Phillies just based on, you know, I went to all the camps and the excitement was just there around the Phillies and the Phillies camp. And, you know, if they stay healthy, I think they'll 
be the ones to prevail, but you can't be shocked if any of the the four uh, do prevail. Is there one of those four that you think has got a head in front? I know you were the Mets a long time. What the Phillies did in the winter, and you know, not even Steinbrenner. Uh, God rest his soul. I mean, when George Steinbrenner was bringing in, it seemed like all-star after all-star, either signing as a free agent or trading, he never, you can look it up, had a season where he brought in three all-stars. And so, I mean, the Phillies have out-Steinbrennered this whole thing, <laughs> doing, doing what they've done. And beca- because of that investment, and I would think if anything falters, I mean, they've got so much skin in the game now, why wouldn't they, if they need to make a tweak, why wouldn't they do that mid-season or, or whatever? But yeah, I still do like the Mets. They're not completely healthy right now either. Uh, we haven't seen Jed Lowry. We haven't seen Todd Frazier. Fascinating division. And that's why we want to bring on Ben Davis, which we'll do in just a moment. He is a native Philadelphian. In fact, from West Philadelphia, born and raised. Uh, he will join us in just a moment. I'm Josh Lewin. That's John Heyman with me. This is Big Time Baseball presented by Radio.com Sports. Do one thing to protect the environment. It all starts with just one thing. Every April, we celebrate Earth Day. But really, every day should be Earth Day. This April, make some changes that can last all year. Make the switch to eco-friendly cleaning products or make your own from ingredients like vinegar. Walk or bike to work or close destinations and spend time outside instead of watching TV. That way, both you and the Earth can celebrate every day. It all starts with one thing. Find tips and more at OneThingUS.com. What's your one thing? It's time to head east. Let's bring on board a former Major League catcher who's now the Phillies TV analyst. Pitch on the way to Ben Davis. A chopper to second. Got to hurry up with it. No play. A base hit. It's Ben Davis on Radio.com Sports Big Time Baseball. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball brought to you by the 2019 Mercedes-Benz A-Class with John Heyman. I'm Josh Lewin. Let's get going in the NL East. Throw down here with seven-year big league catcher, now part of the Phillies broadcast booth. Ben Davis joins us, and you know we could start by talking JT Real Muto because Ben's a catcher. But come on, we got to start with a question about Bryce Harper. Obviously, has the the fever pitch settled down a little bit, Ben? Is it like the new normal now, or is everybody still gaga just because he's there? No, I think everybody's still gaga over my. We were just down in Florida over the weekend, and um, every time he caught a fly ball. The crowd would erupt. I mean, there were more Phillies fans there than Marlins fans. It was really good turnout. It was nice to see the, the fans travel so well. But even you know, every time he steps up the bat, like you can hear a pin drop, um, and it's 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 really it's it's been great. Um, but like I said, it, it kind of caught me off guard because it's like, oh, he's, he's just catching a fly ball. But the, everyone down the right field line, yeah, they're screaming and hooting and hollering. Um, I don't know if it's going to wear off anytime soon, to be honest with you. Hey, Ben, it's John Heyman here. You are obviously one of the with one of the hottest, most interesting stories and teams in baseball with Harper and the rest and all the great moves that the Phillies made. But I, I want to ask you something about something that happened in your own career. Danny Nobler has written a book about unwritten rules of baseball. Very interesting book, very interesting topic. People see it both ways. It's very, very uh, very uh, controversial, interesting stuff in there. And I want to ask you about the play. When you were a player and uh, you were at bat against Kurt Schilling against uh, the Diamondbacks, Padres Diamondbacks game, and uh, it was, I believe it was the eighth inning. Uh, you'll have a better recollection of this. And it, he was throwing a no-hit. You bunted for a hit. And I, I think the Diamondbacks players got on you for breaking the unwritten rule 
what's your position generally on the unwritten rules of baseball, and what do you recall about that? And, uh, I mean, I'm sure you don't take it back. You got your hit, and uh, you did what you wanted to do for your team, but I uh, wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, you know, obviously I took a lot of heat for that. Um, none for my own team. I'm, my manager, Bruce Bochy, backed me up. Uh, Tony Gwynn backed me up. It was just something that, you know, I thought had it been, you know, Six nothing, seven nothing. You know, obviously that wouldn't even thought would have crossed my mind. But uh, my first two bats were terrible. I uh, had a perfect game that night going into that at bat, and um, I mean it was pretty obvious I wasn't going to get a knock swinging it. So I figured let me try and bunt it. I I bunted a few times, you know, and um, it was just two nothing. I brought ended up bringing a tie and running a home plate after me. So um, it was you know in hindsight would I do it again? Absolutely, I'd do it again. It was just it kind of caught everybody off guard, obviously. Um, and I was able to reach base, and um, you know we ended up losing the game, but uh, we were able to get some get some guys on base, and um, you know Kurt's one of those guys, very competitive guy, obviously um, you know borderline Hall of Famer, and um, he just had it going that night. And I think that's a you know the best way to put it is you know I just wasn't going to get a hit swinging, so <laughs> I had to find a way to do it. You know, speaking of dominating pitchers, you were doing games in the NL East where top to bottom, not just the team you cover. I know Aaron Nola's not off to a great start this year, but obviously a dynamite talent. He was a Cy Young consideration guy last year. The Mets have all these Cy Young contenders, and you look all around that division, you know, whether it's Scherzer or Corbin. Uh, this seems like, I mean, for, for a catcher-turned-broadcaster, this must be a jackpot for you. You get to sit there and, and, and break down a lot of the greats. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, this whole division is, is stacked with some good arms. It's just seemingly every night you're getting a stud out there. Um, it's a very good division. I think it's like, the best division in baseball. But from an arms from an arm standpoint, you're absolutely right. There are some horses that can do what they do. DeGrom threw last night in the Syndergaard and Wheeler. Uh, obviously, the Nats with their trio down there with Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. Um, they they got it all. And I know that the Braves have a few guys on the shelf right now. Fulton Nevich, I think, is coming back soon. Um, but it's it's just a really good division. Sitting back and watching these guys, man, they're masterful at times. Absolutely masterful. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to pick one or two, but, um, you know, I, if you if you say Degrom's the best, well, you know Scherzer's right behind them, Nola's right behind them. Uh, it's it's going to be. It, I think this whole division honestly is going to go down to the wire, uh, strictly because of the pitching and how good it is. Speaking of arms, Ben, I was going to ask you about the one thing that I think is a question with the Phillies. Now, I did pick the Phillies to win the division. I think they're a fantastic team. I don't know of any team that's improved this much that I could even name, even not only this year but in previous years over the winter. They just did a, a great great job. And I think their bullpen's good enough. Uh, that lineup fantastic now. Obviously, Nola is one of the better pitchers in the game, despite the start. Arietta, I think, is still solid. Maybe not the Cy Young winner he was a couple years ago, but still really solid. What do you, what, as a catcher, uh, you know, I think you're, you're an expert in pitching. So, what do you think about the three, four, five, Eflin and Pavetta, Velasquez, maybe? Where, where do you think they stand? Anybody stand out? I think Eflin's off to a decent start. Do you, do you think they'll be okay there in in total, or do you think maybe they should think about Keuchel because uh, the Phillies are one of the teams that's been tied to Keuchel? Yeah, I think you know if you look at Keuchel, I think he would definitely would break up that rotation. Once you get past Nola and Arietta, the other three pitchers are, are pretty much the same. You know, they're they're power guys, big arm guys uh, with decent all speed stuff, not great all speed stuff. Uh, so that's why maybe someone like Keiko would break that up. Um, you know, if you look at it, I think this team's only going to go as far as the starting pitching is going to take them. That's the bottom line. I know their lineup is, is 
is deadly. But good pitching, we 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 hear it year in and year out. Good pitching stops good hitting. Uh, so the offense is going; they're going to have nights off, and then you're going to need the starting pitcher, your starting pitcher, to pick you up and and keep the opposing team to one or two runs. Um, and hopefully the offense can come around. But it's you know they they have some good arms. It's just a matter of they're still so young. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to believe Jack Eflin just turned 25 last week. Um, you know, Vince Velasquez is young, and and obviously Pavetta they. They, they're really high on Pavetta with his stuff. He does have very good stuff. It's just a matter of them being consistent, you know, being able to throw three straight fastballs down and away to a righty. Uh, can they locate the, and they repeat their mechanics? Um, it's just a matter of, of them being consistent. And, it, again, I, they're only going to go so far as starting pitching. Do I think they have it in them? Yes. We saw Vince Velasquez hit no-hitter uh, against the Marlins for five and two-thirds before Brian Anderson hit a home run. Uh, I know it's the Marlins and it's not the 27 Yankees lineup that, that he's facing, but he still had good stuff, threw the ball well, stayed in the strike zone. That's what they need to do. They need to throw strikes and not walk anybody. Ben Davis visiting with us. I'm Josh Lewin, John Heyman along as well. Big Time Baseball presented by Radio.com Sports. Ben, since you just brought up the Marlins, it's, it, to me it's almost like that old uh, Sesame Street thing that when they sang about one of these things doesn't belong here, you look at the NL East and the Marlins are a team that's obviously, to put it kindly, in rebuild mode. I think that's being very nice to, to put it that way. Very you got easy. four teams <laughs> who are really, really trying. So, you know, the, the one thing that doesn't belong is the fish. But like you say, you've seen them, and it's an interesting team because it seems like on, on a given night, if they get even five or six innings from a starter, they can cause some headaches for somebody. Yeah, they might be able to cause some headaches. Um you know, it, it, I, that is very kindly way to put it. They are in a rebuild year, quote unquote rebuild. Um, it's 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 not the best team that they've assembled down there, but you know, uh, it's, they they feel like they're doing things right. They feel they have some young guys that are able to come up. But you know, starting pitching stuff, I really do like their bullpen. We saw some guys come out of their bullpen. Uh, they got some studs uh, coming out of there, and some guys that really throw the ball well, good breaking balls, and they spot up their fastball really well. Starting rotation is a little thin. Um, they do have a couple of veteran guys at the top of that lineup, you know, with Granderson and Neil Walker. I really do like Brian Anderson, their, their third baseman. He's, I think he's really going to be a good one. It's just a matter of him getting pitches to hit in, in that lineup. You don't have to face him, then you can pitch to some other guys. And you know, obviously, starting Castro's in there as well. Um, but it's it, you know, Jorge Alfaro, who we had traded to, to Florida to get JT Real Muto. Um, you know, it's it's not the best lineup, but on a given night, I agree. Ben, thanks so much for visiting with us, buddy. We'll uh, catch up with you as the, uh, the NL East continues to unspool, and uh, the Phillies will be right in it, no question about it. Have fun with your kids. I know you're on, on off days, you're fishing and whatnot, so uh, re- reel in a Marlin. I don't know where you're going, but go ahead and have a great time. <laughs> going to a farm pond down the street, so I, I can't stay too long. i got to head down to the studio in a little while, but, but I appreciate it, and it's always a pleasure being on with you guys. I see you, bud. So that's Ben Davis. We'll have another guest coming up before too long, Dave Sims, to talk the AL West with us. He, of course, of the Mariners broadcast team. A lot more to do. It's Big Time Baseball, presented by Radio.com Sports. Do one thing to protect the environment. It all starts with just one thing. Every April, we celebrate Earth Day, but really, every day should be Earth Day. This April, do some simple things that will have a long-term impact. Buy some LED bulbs that save electricity and last for decades. Plant a tree or start a garden and enjoy the benefits of plants. And buy some reusable grocery bags and keep one in your car. That way, you can celebrate Earth Day all year long. It all starts with one thing. Find tips and more at OneThingUS.com. What's your... 
one thing. He began his play-by-play career in 1991 and has been the voice of the Seattle Mariners for the past 12 years. The picks! Swing and a miss! He struck him out! It's Dave Sims on Radio.com Sports Big Time Baseball. Radio.com Sports presenting Big Time Baseball brought to you by the 2019 Mercedes-Benz A-Class with John Heyman, Josh Lewin. We're going to shift over to the AL West. Talk about Seattle and Mariners TV play-by-play voice Dave Sims going into his 13th season in the broadcast booth. Great to have him. And Simmer, I'm, I'm wondering, because the team started so incredibly well, was there always a sense that, okay, the other shoe is going to drop at some point, or was it more like, you know what, they, they might have something here? Uh, I'm enjoying the ride. I think everybody's enjoying the ride. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you can't help but think that at some point, you know, baseball being baseball. But it was such a fantastic, and it is such a fantastic start, that, you know, I think I've spent uh, most of my time, and I think most people have spent most of their time uh, just trying to enjoy it because some, some different things were happening. I know I was very skeptical uh, coming into the season. Dave, it's John Heyman. You were skeptical. I, I was absolutely certain this was going to be one horrendous team. What the heck happened? The other day, I, I'll give you an example. Matter of fact, I, I happen to have my scorebook right here. And the other day, I'm sitting there and I'm putting down all the pregame numbers, and everybody had a hitting streak. I mean, it was unbelievable. Everybody but Tom Murphy was on some kind of a hitting streak anywhere from two to like eight games and hitting just ridiculous. And the timeliness of the stuff, some guys that you've never heard of have been getting it done in the bullpen, although Swarzak, you know, a little bit. But he's looked good. A guy named Brandon Brennan, a five, uh, rule five guy, he's pitched really well. All these little things have happened. They've moved runners over. They've got them in on sacrifice flies. They've walked. And the next guy's gotten a base hit. Yeah, that encapsulates the whole thing. And, and the pitching, the starting pitching has been, uh, you know, been just good enough. And offense has been spectacular. Dave, you saw Houston up close and personal, and they're the ones that brought the, the pin to the balloon. It was almost like, okay, you know, here comes Houston, and pop, they, you know, there's they, there's a good-looking Astros team in front of you. Verlander, I know, pitched well. You got uh, enough of a look at that unit. Does it seem like they're ready to roll now? Oh, heck yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the three they took from us. I mean, they, they wiped out Oakland and the Yankees first time they swept the Yankees, and they came in here swinging it really well. And, you know, Altuve, Bregman uh, came back after a, a hamstring. Uh, you know, he played a good third base, got a couple of hits. That's a good ball club. Uh, Brantley's uh, a, a great addition, left field DH. I thought for sure that when Mariners didn't re-sign Nelson Cruz that he was going to go there and hit 40 home runs at Minute But uh, that didn't work out. He's in Minnesota. But that, that's a good ball club, and their, their bullpen pitched to a 1-6-3 in the three games against the Mariners. Dave, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what happened there. I know that they didn't beat the Astros. A lot of people don't beat the Astros. Right. We all thought it was going to be a step back at the very least. Yep. We thought that was right. a euphemism and a reimagining. Right. We thought that was a euphemism. What I, this is one of my theories could be totally off base. Uh, it felt like the team chemistry wasn't great last year. I mean, it's true of a lot of teams that don't perform sure. quite as well as you expect. Now, actually, the team won a fair number of games last year, but team chemistry had uh, that one fight that was known about with Segura and D. Gordon. You know, there right. was rumblings that some of the players didn't love service. Right. I know that's me saying that, not you. You know, you work, right. you were, you working with the team. I, I can say it. Uh, what, what is your feeling about that whole dynamic there? I think there's some truth to that, and this year is a, a total turnabout. I, I was talking about this. It came up in a conversation I had with D. Gordon. Maybe, I think it was two days ago. He said, "Listen, we're not that good. I mean, we're good, but the thing is, we support each other. We legitimately root." for each other to do well. We're happy when the other guy has success. 
And Tim Beckham, who's you know brought in from uh, Baltimore, he he told me the same thing about four or five days earlier. He said, you know, I said, obviously you're having fun. How much fun are you having? He said, I love it. It's the most fun I've ever had. It's genuine. It's really genuine. And I'm not. He said, I'm not pulling your leg or anything. So that that that's a big ingredient, John and and, and uh, Josh, that these cats got together. Spring training came together, and then they had the Japan trip, which you know that was a bonding thing. And here they are out of the gate hot. Final one I got for you, buddy, is Oakland, because that's a team that last year came up on everybody, surprised people, and never went away. (laughs) So people are looking at him already this year. Loriano strikes out a ton, but he saves so much with with his glove and especially with his arm. Where do you see Oakland in this mix? Uh, I know they boat raced us. I think June 16th they were 10 games behind, and we weren't even (laughs) thinking about them. I like their team. I like their bullpen. They're starting pitching. Yeah, it's not the you know it's not the great, but it's enough. And you know KD's swinging it well, and I love the Chapman kid and the Olsen kid, Loriano in center field. I, I you know we beat them twice in uh, in Japan, and still got 17 more games to go. So we're gonna it's gonna get proven out on the field. But uh, they're I'm not taking them lightly. And I don't think I don't think the you know, the ball club is either. Dave, you know, I joked earlier about the step back and the reimagining and all that. Right. Where, where do you think the front office stands right now? Where, where do you, what do you think they realistically think this team can be? Well, right now they know that, you know, they've stepped in it and it's working really well. I think, uh, you know, it, I, I came in with low expectations. I think right now I've elevated, you know, if they can get 75 wins, uh, that'd be great. Now, here's the thing that's interesting. On the roll they're on right now, and Encarnacion has cooled off a little bit. But if he, you know, he picks it back up, you get to end of May, and they're still in this thing. You know, you could see them become aggressive, maybe go out and try to make a couple of deals, maybe get another arm or two, maybe another bat. Hmm. But uh, you know, let's see how this plays out today. Uh, when we going into game number 19, so we still got some time to play with. Dave Sims, as always, thank you, buddy. Great talking to you, and we'll uh, we'll be back in touch. All right, I'll be here, fellas. Good hearing from you. Good luck with uh, with your program, man. Good to hear from you guys. Take care. See you, Dave. Thank you, man. And, yeah, hopefully everybody's finding it now. Big Time Baseball presented by Radio.com Sports. He's John Heyman. I'm Josh Lewin. We continue momentarily. Do one thing to protect the environment. It all starts with just one thing. Every April, we celebrate Earth Day. But really, every day should be Earth Day. This April, make some changes that can last all year. Make the switch to eco-friendly cleaning products or make your own from ingredients like vinegar. Walk or bike to work or close destinations and spend time outside instead of watching TV. That way, both you and the Earth can celebrate every day. It all starts with one thing. Find tips and more at OneThingUS.com. What's your one thing? 0 for 38 continues that Major League record streak of at-bat and plate appearances without a hit. Marcelo out of the full wind-up. Davis is going to get one. Base hit into right field. It's over, baby. What's coming up across the game this week? Josh Lewin and John Heyman go around the diamond on Radio.com Sports Big Time Baseball. This is Big Time Baseball with John Heyman alongside uh, Josh Lewin, the famed broadcaster. And uh, it's a pleasure now to talk about um, all sorts of matchups we have in the upcoming week uh, and we have some really really good ones to talk about Josh I know uh, we're all excited about these and uh, let's get going Uh, one will be the Red Sox and the Rays Uh, what do you think uh, we will see out of that one right now we've got the Rays have been fantastic Red Sox not so much yeah, and it, it's kind of the situation now where it, you can't just pin it on, well, it's really early, because I, I think we're past, once you get two weeks, three weeks into the season, 
you know, it's one of those honeymoons over kind of deals. So let, let's really get down to it now. What do you got? David Price going back to Tampa Bay is always a fun story. He's been really good. I mean, and, and I don't think a lot of people even realize he uh, he didn't pitch a lot at the end of spring training. He got really sick. I mean, like lost nine pounds kind of sick, uh, you know, where you, you don't leave the bathroom kind of sick. I don't mean to gross everybody out. But, uh, you know, he's the <laughs> one guy that actually came out for the Red Sox and a few times through the rotation looked like he was supposed to look. So I don't mind the Red Sox kind of riding that horse into Tampa Bay. And, yeah, it's kind of the first early season milepost. Like, okay, are the Rays really this good? Are the Red Sox really this disappointing? That could all switch in three days. I mean, David Price is a guy who was taking a lot of heat for the way he had pitched in the postseason, hadn't won any games as a starter in the postseason, and uh, came up huge in the World Series. Really could have been the MVP along with Pierce. It really, I would have liked to have seen a uh, co-MVP situation, but they have a vote and they have to tabulate it honestly. They can't just uh, name it and say this is fair. Price has been uh, fantastic uh, for them ever since taking that heat. Was great in the World Series. Has off is off to a great start. To me, this is an opportunity for the Rays to really try to bury the Red Sox because the Rays are playing fabulously, the best in baseball, whereas the Red Sox are just not playing well at all. I mean, they even struggled with Baltimore coming in at home on Patriot Day and that whole series. Um, they have been rather, rather rough. So uh, I think they'll be lucky to win a couple games against the Rays at this point. The way these teams are performing right now, I think there's a confidence factor. Uh, and everything else going in Tampa's direction. But uh, we got a few more good series uh, this week. Uh, the Brewers and the Dodgers, they've got uh, a little bit of a rivalry going. I know that Milwaukee wasn't happy to lose that series uh, in the NLCS in seven games. And, uh, you know, as you said earlier, uh, felt like Milwaukee should have won it, didn't quite do it. It's a small t- time team or small team, small market team, as Bud Selig would tell us, versus a behemoth market. And a very interesting matchup with the Dodgers and Brewers. What do you see out of that one? Yeah, well, I mean, the the fact that Manny Machado is not on the Dodgers anymore gives the the Brewers fans (laughs) a little less to be upset about. But, you know, that really was, and and I don't know if it just kind of got lost somehow last October. Maybe, you know, I'm sure in Milwaukee it wasn't, and in L.A. it wasn't. It just seemed like it was one of those series that was really compelling but almost like after the fact, it's like you look back at it like, wow, that was a, you know, just some, some really fascinating things happened in those games, and it really could have gone either way. So, yeah, again, you know, early season, I, I know the games are supposed to all count the same. It, it, it never feels in April as important as it does in September or October. But with, with the unbalanced schedule, it's not like you get six Dodgers-Brewers series. You get two. And, and this is one of them. So, yeah, I've absolutely got my eyes trained on that. And same with another one. I'll, I'll give you Mets and Cardinals because the Cards add what they added. I mean, Goldschmidt obviously is, is the head of the class there, but, you know, they, they've tweaked some other things. And, uh, you know, the, the Mets uh, have, have had a very interesting history with the Cardinals. I mean, Mets historians can tell you about playoff series that went one way or another. Uh, you know, the, the one no-hitter in the whole franchise's history was against the Cardinals. There always seems to be something Cardinals-related there that you can wrap your arms around if you're a Mets fan. They had a 20-inning game not too long ago against each other. All kinds of weird stuff happens when they get together. So uh, I, I like that series, too. And since I haven't asked you about the Cardinals at all uh, on this podcast, what, what about that team? As we talk about potential sleepers, we talk about big market teams and 
you know, everybody's looking at uh, whether it's the Cubs and talking about their slow start or, you know, hey, how about the Dodgers? Uh, the, the Cardinals should be a team that should be right there. Absolutely. I mean, they're a good team every year. I feel like they're under the radar a little bit this year, even with adding Goldschmidt. Uh, they could be a sleeping giant. Uh, once they get Martinez and Reyes going and right and in that rotation, neither one ready to go in that rotation at this point, and Martinez not even ready to join the team, uh, they could be uh, dynamic from a pitching standpoint. I'm a little concerned about their offense. Uh, Goldschmidt, obviously, a great addition. Ozuna has looked better lately. Uh, Carpenter, who they locked up, a really good offensive player. But, uh, you know, top to bottom, that lineup isn't quite what some of the other lineups are in that league. That's what I like about that Brewers-Dodgers game, too, or that series. Uh, those are the two best offensive teams in the league, I yeah. think. Cubs are awfully good, but I think Milwaukee and L.A. are the two best offensive teams. So you could see some real some real high-scoring games there. And you're absolutely right about Mets-Cardinals. That goes back to the 80s um, where the Mets and Cardinals rivalry has been huge and hot and uh, very, very interesting. Uh, the Mets are a good team. You know, I know you don't want to seem like a homer, even though you're not there anymore, but I will say that they, they did quite well this winter. It was overshadowed a little bit by all the moves that the Phillies made, but I think they made a lot of good decisions in Queens. Uh, Brody Van Wagenen did a, did a terrific job. Uh, it was great that uh, they called up uh, Alonzo and uh, did not worry about the manipulating the service time. He has been fantastic. It was great that they held on to McNeil, did not include him in that trade of Seattle where they got Diaz and, and Cano. And we could see what McNeil and J.D. Davis, frankly, another guy who came in trade and has done well, are doing for them. And it's almost made them not miss, in, to a degree, Lowry and, and Frazier. Their offense is so much better uh, than it's been in the past, uh, recent years yeah. anyway. Uh, that's been the weak link of the team, the weak link of the team, and uh, I think the Mets' offense is awfully good. So we we got a lot of good matchups coming up in the this coming week with the Red, Red Sox Rays. We've got the Dodgers Brewers. We've got the Mets Cardinals and many, many others. Should be a great, great week. All right, so we've covered quite a bit, and uh, John will look forward to doing this again, obviously, quite soon. Hopefully everybody's getting in the habit now of downloading whatever, but now we get into the, the meat of the season a little bit, where we're through this uh, opening treacle here, where everybody's just kind of dipping their toes into the water. Everybody's Australian crawl right now, so we'll we'll do this again soon. Always a pleasure, my man. Thanks. Sounds great, Josh. All right, John, that is Big Time Baseball. We'll be back again. Big Time Baseball presented by Radio.com Sports. Thanks for listening to Radio.com Sports Big Time Baseball. Brought to you by the 2019 Mercedes-Benz A-Class. Josh Lewin and John Heyman will be back next week diving into the latest across Major League Baseball. See you! This has been a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 